This week's TPM podcast is with Mark Avril, co-founder of Avit Media. Today we hear about Mark's career journey, finding out he actually started as a car salesman. Later, Sean and Mark sit down to discuss topics such as England's efforts in the Euros, hiring the wrong people, laughing at a rat race, and Matt Hancock stepping down from health minister. This is the TPM podcast. There he is. How are you, mate? You okay? I'm not too bad, my friend. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Not seen you for a long time. <laughs> I think most of us haven't seen anyone for a long time, have we? Let's be honest. <laughs> That's yeah, I know. Mad, mad, uh, mad times. Mad times. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I've really enjoyed. I've been able to get out to the cinema again recently. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when that Pearl and Dean flashes up and then you've got Avid Media flashing up as well at the start of the, uh, start of the movies. <laughs> That's when you know you've hit it big. <laughs> we have a lot of it. Do you know what? When we first did the uh, partnership with them, I didn't think we'd get um, much off that. Well, we do a lot with them. We do a lot of the uh, intro stuff, like you see, you know, with all the Pearl and Dean stuff. Hmm. And, um, but I've had so many people message me, saying, I've just seen your thing at the cinema or um, people screenshotting it. And so it's obviously working then. That's good. Nice, nice little branding exercise that one was. I mean, that's what everyone remembers about the cinema anyway, right? It's the Pearl and Dean. It's always been Pearl and Dean at the start of the movies. So. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um, that that um, little um, song that they do with it, the little uh, jingle. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So uh, thanks for jumping on and doing this. No I'll worries. Give, give you a little bit of context. They do release video clips, although it is an audio podcast. Some video clips do get released. So, uh, yeah. you know, as long, as long as you're comfortable in what you're wearing, what you're looking like. That's fine, mate. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's casual, yeah. casual up today. No shirt and tie. So I don't know. I can't remember the last time I wore a shirt and tie, to be honest. So should have put an England shirt on. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we, we could talk about that. What did you think of the match? I mean, I, um, interesting enough, I don't own any TVs in my house. I removed okay. all the televisions from my house probably two or three years ago. Yeah. So okay. I was keeping up with it strictly on social. What did you think of the match? Yeah, it was really good. I mean, um, I think there was obviously a lot of pressure on it, but I, 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 I thought it was a winnable match from the start because the, I've seen the Germans play in the last few games and I thought, and I've seen us play and they were, they were very, I think the first half an hour sussing each other out and it, and it looked really good. And then the second half, there was just that spark and we had luck as well. There was a couple of good saves. I think it's, it's football's one of them. The luck was on our side. I think you know the next match is again a, a beat. It's an easy. It's a beatable match. You know we, we can win it. So I, I don't know. I'm, I mean we're always hopeful, aren't we, as um, England fans? Mm-hmm. But I think actually we could actually go go the whole way. I wouldn't like to see us in the final against Italy. I don't that 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 I can't see us winning. But if it was anyone else, I could definitely see us winning it. I think. It's it's looking good. Well, we had a we had a bit of a chat room going on in Slack yesterday around the match, and I said to the guys, "Look, if England win uh, tonight, I said um, I'm giving everyone a day off." Yeah, well, you can choose. It can be Saturday, Sunday. I'm giving everyone a day off. It's fine. Nice. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good good little incentive. But you know, I think it's good to get people to leave work early and get involved in these sort of things. And you yeah. know, we've not had a lot of. We've not had a lot of positiveness in the world over the last 18 months kind of thing. No. So yeah. we need no, good. to give a bit back. You've got to give it a bit back. So I can't remember the last time I actually bumped into you. It's going to be a little while ago now. Yeah, I, um, I can't remember. I, it was probably that long ago. It, I don't know if it was at a networking event. I can't remember the last networking event I went to or have been to. It must have just been out and about. I think we must have been out and about somewhere. Prime yeah. Park usually coming in and out the the coffee shop, which still isn't open. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yeah, uh, that's probably the last time I saw you. I think the last time I saw you in the car, I was racing around in the Panamera. And I can't. Yeah. You had a really loud Beamer, I believe. What was what was it you were driving? Is it? The same yeah, we've got um, got a couple of cars. So we've got the the Audi, which is like the daily. That's like the the work car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you throw the kit in and goes from A to B, and then I've got the M3 which is, I call it the garage queen. It just sits in the garage. And I built it for track, so it's like track spec. No exhaust. Well, it's got exhaust on it, but kind of just pipes instead of cats and stuff. So, yeah, I've got that as like a my weekend toy. So 
Where did the fascination with cars come about then? When I left college, I got a job at Halfords and um, had a little Corsa then, like, as, we, as we did as boy racers. And um, that's where it kind of came from, really. So Halfords back in the day was a really good place to go and buy your parts for cars, where now it's just full of rubbish. There's nothing decent to buy in there. You might buy a bike pump in there now, that's about it. But back in the day when we used to work there, they sold alloy wheels and bits and bobs, and that's where it came from, really. It was it started there and I think that then took me into my job with Toyota and then that was it once I was in with them guys it was cars 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 and I never shook it off since it's a big part of what we do now is cars still so yeah so I mean let's talk about what you do now because you've you've sort of gone through a couple of transitions I mean how did we get from Toyota to Avid Media like what was that whole journey so Toyota I was with for eight years as in after sales so I've never worked in sales it was all after sales um worked my way up there was after sales manager and um got headhunted to work for Stratstone BMW in in Derby so Chris took me there um I was only there for 11 months I hated it and he knows that I've said to him he's retired now Chris has actually blessed him he's only recently retired everyone in Derby will know Chris and anyone who who's brought a BMW will know Chris and um just didn't enjoy it it was very it was like a rat race you know there, there was 12 ramps 12 technicians 30 40 jobs coming through the workshops every day pressure customers wasn't very nice you know i was used to the kind of 50 60 year old toyota yaris customer would sit and have a cup of tea with you read the paper you know it's ready when it's ready mark you know that kind of uh, mm. customer and went from that to you know i need my car now i need to look at it now we haven't got a ramp you know I've had keys chucked at me. Um, I've had ex-Derby players' wives shout at me very loudly. And it took about 11 months of that. I thought, no, I can't do this. I had to step out of it. So that's when I got the job at the conference centre and started again almost, really. Did four years of that. And that's that's how I learned to network. But whilst I was there, my hobby was photography. So I was shooting whilst I was there part-time doing weddings, really. So... That's where it kind of stemmed from. I, I think the conference centre was the big step for me because one, I was shooting and two, I didn't even know what networking was when I joined there because I would always been in, in, a, in a reactive job. I've been in a job where I just had to say yes, sir, no, sir, and, you know, see the cars in and out. And I was in a job now where I had to go and find work, had to go and meet people. And so that that was the big switch, switching point for me. I was like, oh, okay. I see how this works now, this business stuff. I see how people, you know, get work in and how they network really and grow a phone book. And that's how it, that's how it's, that was the, what was the transition really, that point. And then um, I'm very lucky, obviously fortunate in the business we're in now to still work with cars and, and do a lot, do a lot with it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's almost like a big turn. It's a big circle, I suppose, that I've been, been through. So when you were at the conference centre, like you say, you were you were also like shooting weddings and everything else. Was it a conscious effort to go back towards the focus on cars? Because I know you know that that is a big focus of what you guys do. Yeah, it was. Um, well, someone said to me once, you know, if you can if you can do the job you love, you, you won't work. It doesn't feel like you're working. It's the old saying, isn't it? You know, do a job you love, you never work another day in your life. And I don't know who told me that. I can't remember who told me that. I must have read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. And I gave that a bit of thought and I thought, well, if I can shoot football and cars, then that's like living the dream, isn't it, really? It's, and getting paid for it, yeah. Yeah, and getting paid for it. It's like, God, yeah, people would love to do that. How can, how can I do that? So I just targeted myself in them areas, you know, because of my phone book within the automotive industry. I had one of my ex-colleagues ring me who was running a dealership, a Mercedes dealership in Loughborough for Inchcape. He said, Mark, I've seen you shoot stuff. I've seen your car stuff. It looks really good. Um, do you want to come and do a trial shoot? So I don't mind saying this now, but whilst I was at the conference centre on some days where I was out networking, I actually was going to, I was doing a couple of trial shoots for um, for Inchcake. If Mike reads this or sees this, he'll go mad. He's retired now as well. So all my ex-bosses have retired. So hopefully they'll give me some, they'll cut me some slack if he heard this, but a bit, bit wrong really. But yeah, so I, I you know, I'd spent half a day going over there and I shot 10 of their cars, some aged stock that they had in for three months. Shot shot the cars that they had in for a while. He re-advertised them with my images and they'd sold within that week. 
So Matt knew he was on something. I knew I was on something. And that's how it started, really. He then introduced me to Mercedes Derby, Mercedes Leicester, Mercedes Nottingham. And I left that job to, to shoot them, that to, to shoot that stuff. Um, kind of rolled on from there, really. Um, I, th- I think the automotive world is, is super... Um... I don't want to use the word incestuous, but it kind of is, right? At the end, of the oh, day. it is. Yeah. yeah, everyone knows each other. There's, there's favors and there's, and there's known suppliers, and you know you do a good job somewhere. And they say that in any industry, you do a good job somewhere, you'll you'll get everything else. But I think that's yeah. true of automotive more than anywhere else. It is. Yeah the the motor trade is such a tough trade to be in. You know, if you're working in sales, you're working seven days a week. Um, you're target driven. Um, if the figures aren't stacking on that whiteboard every month, you're out. It's as simple as that. After sales is now the same. You have to sell so many hours and so many products. And if you're not selling them products, you're out. It's very, it's a tough, tough job. You know, um, I always feel for the guys when I go into the dealerships now and think, you know, they're in a hard job. Mm. It does, what it does do, it does give you a lot of life skills and gives you a lot of skills in, in other businesses that you can take to, you know, with Toyota, for example, I went to Toyota's training academy in Nottingham, did many years of training there just on how to deal with people. It was a very people-focused. Um, the product is great anyway. It's Japanese. It never breaks down, hardly. Um, so their ethos is if you can deal with people right, then the rest follows, and it did. So I learned a lot from the trade. But like you say, it's hard to get out of it, though, once you're in it. You then you know you go from place to place and and it's hard to get out and, and the motor trade at the minute is even more tough you cannot buy cars you know the used car market is just on fire mm-hmm. uh, we buying a car are just sweeping up any everything they can and cars are going up some cars are going up in value you know where before they go down a lot they're going up it's crazy i i heard a story this uh, this last week about somebody who has a second-hand car on a lease and the dealerships actually called them up and said can we buy the car back off you yeah wasn't even interested in selling mm-hmm. can we buy the car back off you because it's a desirable model that lots of people want rah, 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 and we'll yeah. give you a deal on a new one yeah you know, the market's just getting absolutely swept up they are it's um we work with i think we're up to 11 dealerships now and a couple of them are local garages i mean one of them we started working with last April uh, with Midlands Performance in Burton, in, in and he's just grown so much over the last year because he he specialises in high end stuff, sporty stuff. So your RS sixes, your um, Porsche Macans and nine elevens, all sorts of stuff. You know, nice kit, really nice stuff. And before that was not a tough market to be in because you know people always want them desirable cars. But at the minute, people have got disposable income. They're not going on holiday. We're not going out for food because because mm-hmm. we now realise how cheap it is to eat at home and, and drink at home. So people are buying these cars. They're, treat, they're treating themselves, you know, the people and, and, and the market is it's, on, it's such a great trade to be in at the minute because you can make some serious money in cars at the minute, but it's just getting hold of stock. How long is that going to last then? Because that can't go on forever because people are now having to start commuting back to work, therefore spending on fuel. They are now going back out again. Um, yeah. I, I, I think how many restaurants I've booked since everything's reopened. I'm out every day. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a short-term thing. I th- I'll give it another year because I don't think anyone's going to be going on holiday properly until next year, I don't think. That's going to be back to normal, I think, next year, not mm-hmm. this year. I won't be booking anything this year. Um, I'm not a holiday person anyway. I'd sooner just take the kids, kids away down south for a week and, and close a laptop rather than go abroad so i think probably next next year is when it will start leveling out again but it's got to, it's got to catch up the new car market is pretty decent as well because obviously as used cars get harder to get hold of the new car market has got better as well especially with the likes of land rover and stuff with some of the dealerships we work with with, with them so i think next year it starts to level out a bit but it's going to take some catching up i think but if you're in the in the motor trade at the minute they're killing it absolutely killing it well you know, where does the whole lockdown restrictions thing go then? Because ultimately that's, you know, that's affected every industry. It's, it's, it's affected every vertical as well. You know, we're hoping that we're going to come out of this now 19th of July and these restrictions are going to be lifted. Yeah. Has that affected any of the networking and the events that you're going to be doing? Have you had any shoots postponed and pushed back? Like, how's it affected your business? 
Yeah, it's it, it's a real strange one in our business. So over the last year, we've grown as a business. We've we've had we've grown massively in the last six months, really. So we had April, May, where we had nothing come in. Everything got cancelled. Every event we were shooting got cancelled. There was no football. We, you know, we was doing every home match for Derby County. We was doing events here, there, everywhere. Stuff for the Chamber, Marketing Derby, you name it. We was at every event shooting everything moving. And then April just shut off. It was like, geez, what the hell's gone off? So we, uh, you know, that was scary. I think I remember in April, we took like 700 quid. And I was, we did, you know, pardon my French, we did absolutely ourselves because we thought this is... Okay, this is serious now. I didn't take any of it seriously. I was I was one of these of just going about my business. Yeah, wh- whatever. Very blase, very ignorant to it. And then that and then it hit and then everyone got shut down. And that and yeah, April, May was closed, nothing coming in. And then June, people, it's almost people had a rocket put up them. They were like, well, we can't just stop. We can't just lie down and not do anything. We need to get out there and still sell what we do and that's where we came in uh, to a lot of businesses we know people were turning to video and photos to advertise what they do online um so we lost probably 30 percent of our business through events and football but we probably picked up that tenfold in new clients wow clients we've never used before some big clients as well you know um i don't mind naming some of you know eastman's railway trent barton um, turned to us to say, look, you know, they were a bit of public transport. You know, we need to tell people that it's still safe to travel. And we were doing bits and bobs like that. And then it just escalated. And then we started, you know, working with them and them guys in, in a big way. So it had its it's had its downfall. The only issue we've got now is that we've picked up all them new clients and we've been growing. Now everything's switching back on we've got that work as well as the new stuff we've picked up. So we're in a position now where we, you know, unfortunately we've, we've, we've lost a couple of staff, not through COVID. What, you know, one guy moved on to a different company in Birmingham and moved out there. Kristen, who's been with us since day one has just had a notice in, but she's, she's going into a bigger, you know, bigger and better job with a global firm that we just can't compete with. And, and, you know, she's brilliant and she's, She's moving on to bigger, better things. So we're at a point now where we're going to be picking up that extra event stuff and the new stuff we've got, and we need some staff. So it's we're at that crossroads again. But it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, but it's a nice problem to have at the end of yeah, the Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. 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 You look at, um, I forget the figures, but I, I remember a few months ago looking at the number of businesses that had closed as a result of COVID. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to, to, to just numbers were just un, absolutely unreal. Absolutely unreal, the number of businesses that closed. But you've also had those that have thrived, and you're in that position where you are, you're thriving as a result of it, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you need to get on the hiring bandwagon. And I think yeah. we've seen it particularly. It's harder now to find good people yeah, because they're either being kept hold of well yeah, or they have moved during the pandemic. A lot of people have shifted jobs during this time. Yeah, yeah. I think it's made people realise, hasn't it, when they've had that downtime of – um, you know that month and or two months of reflection where they're off work, and you've seen a lot of people start businesses as well. They think, mm-hmm. you know what, I don't want to do that nine to five anymore. It was killing me. I hate it. I don't like my job. What's the point in going to work if I hate my job? I'll start something I enjoy. And you've seen a lot of businesses start start up during the pandemic as well. So I think I think that the economy and the country is going to be absolutely thriving. Um, I can see it already. You know, people are spending money. People have got this. You know, they say there's billions in people's savings ready to go out and spend because people have not been out spending money. That's why the car trade's on fire. You know, people are going out. I'll oh, buy a new car because I've got this money. Mm. You know. So I think, I think next year is going to be massive. Um, I think this next six months is going to be. People are still going to be cautious and careful, um, but I think next year is just going to just going to explode it's going to be massive yeah i think the next six months for businesses is going to be the toughest that we've seen full stop because you are having people now return change their mind on what they want to do where they want to work how they want to work right yeah um you've got a lot of people talking about this whole four-day work week as a potential now uh, i mean we've already got 
I mean, we're socially distanced here and everything else, but we've got people that work one day, two day, three days a week from home. Yeah. But there is this big conversation now about a four day work week. Does that work in your opinion? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more up for giving people um, flexibility, you know, um, with all of our staff, we've said, as long as the job's done, you do it how you feel comfortable doing. Um, I mean, Kristen, for example, she'll work some evenings. So she'll like today, she's, this she, she, this morning she's out having a tattoo new tattoo done so she'll have a tattoo done this morning and then she'll pick up her work late afternoon evening so i'll get her emails probably later on in the day but it works for her as long as it's working for her and it's working for us i'm cool with it you know i'm 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 so not a nine to five person anymore i don't think anyone is um you know some mornings i'll open my laptop at six in the morning and i'll crack on and get some bits done then and then Maybe at half ten that day, I might go for a walk and just break the day up and have an hour out of fresh air, you know, and then turn back to some work later on. I think it's in our industry as well as creatives, you know, if I've got a big editing job on, I can't just put it in the diary to do it. I have to be in the right frame of mind to do it. If I'm if I'm pumped up, ready to do it, I'll I'll do it. I'll crack on and I'll smash it. If I'm not in the right mood for it, I won't do it. And I think people are like that now, you know. And I don't think I don't think it's limited just to creatives anymore. It used to be, right? Mm. It used to be that um, you know we got a marketing team here, for example, and and there are things that you know that gets done at whatever time because that's when that's when creativity hits. But I think it's yeah. the same for a lot of people trying to avoid that burnout as well, right? Is giving people the flexibility to do what they want to do when they want to do it. Yeah, um, we've got a team here which. Once upon a time, it's called HR. We call it people operations or people ops. Yeah. Their job is to keep everyone in the business happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just wrapping up. We've just done what we call our seven pillars of wellness. So for seven weeks, each week is a different theme about well-being, and every single day for seven weeks is a different activity. Yeah, you know, just keep. And uh, we've got you know multiple offices as well in different countries, so it's keeping everybody together. Yeah, right. If someone wants to go and get a tattoo. Let them go and get it done. As long as the work yeah. gets done does it matter where or exactly. how yeah i'm i'm the same i'm exactly the same i like to switch up where i'm working from as well now coffee shops are back open it's nice to open a laptop sometimes and have that little hustle bustle in the background um you know that noise in the background and i don't know you you, you work different everyone's working differently you know um we've got an office we've got a studio um i've spent more time working from home really you know like this morning this morning there's obviously, you know, this and, and emails and admin um, where Jenny Jenny use, usually works from home. She'll be probably here with me. She's gone into the office today just to mix mix it up a bit. Ash works from the studio quite a lot. You know, I think, like you say, as long as you get the job done and you're happy doing it, what's the what's the issue? I think it's, it's, there'd be some old school people out there still saying, no, you must be in the office at nine o'clock. You must clock in. And that would be the motor trade. Yeah, that's the motor trade all over. Yeah, yeah, there's only so much remote working you can do in the in the in the motor trade, right? I mean, yeah. in your industry, you've got a studio because you need a studio for photography and videography and that sort of thing. But yeah. I think for the most part now, it's office is not required. Office yeah. is optional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we moved into our new offices in in Dar or just outside of Derby. Uh, we moved to these offices about eight nine months ago, and you know, significantly more expensive and bigger and nicer than our previous space. But we wanted it to be that hub for people to come and go to. You don't have to be here every day. It is flexible, yeah. you know. But I think going forward, you're going to see a lot less people in the office full stop. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's just a new, it's a new way of working. And that that that's the shift I think we've seen, isn't it, in the last year? That's, that's how it's going to be, I think. And I just caught... Just caught a BBC article the other day. The founder of Hopin, which is one of these video platforms, I don't know if you know about this. No, I'm not. No, I'm not saying um, that. Started it just before the start of the pandemic. Uh, he's got 600 and something staff, no offices whatsoever. Everyone's remote. Um, just being, just had venture capital raise, I think, so valued at about four billion pounds. Wow. Some guy from uh, Manchester University started it in 2019. You know, and and even even the CEO doesn't own a home. He literally Airbnbs to Airbnb to Airbnb. Yeah, but it just goes to show you can literally run a business from anywhere now. Yeah, yeah, the technology's there. Um, 
you know, even with us, with what we do, our studio is the car, if that makes sense. We can we can video and photograph anything anywhere now. Um, back in the day, you know, when you've got your big studio lights and stuff, you'd have to plug them in. They're all battery powered now. I can create a portrait anywhere, outdoors, indoors. We, to be honest with you, we don't use hardly use the studio at all now for shoots. Um, it's all on location, you mm. know. I did um, we're doing a load of stuff for Trent Barton at the minute. We're doing all the driver portraits, and obviously drivers are on shift patterns. So you've got you know forty odd drivers at Derby, forty odd at Nottingham, and we just bring the studio to them. I, I literally. You know, the other day they said, well, we've only got this small room. Is there anywhere else we could do it? We did it in the middle of the Derby bus station. Put up the backdrop. Everyone, obviously, you get everyone walking past saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, what is it? So, so you get that. Get a bit of heckling. But we just set up the studio in the middle of the Derby bus station as the bus drivers come off their shift, get them in, take the photo, off they go. You know, it's, it's a, <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the bit that's changed a lot. You know, we we would take we take our studio everywhere. You know, I've been two minds to buy one of these T five camper vans and turn it into a mobile studio editing suite. You know, because that's that's the game we're in now. You know, and people want stuff that yesterday. You know, they want stuff instantly. You know, back in the day, you would do it like we did an event yesterday for EMR, um, and. You know, we'll photograph that event and then back in the day, you would go back to the studio, you would edit it, deliver it. You know, as they're eating, I'm editing and delivering and uploading their images straight away for their social media team to put them on Twitter straight away. You know, we're living in a very reactive environment now where people want stuff now. You know, that's that online world we're living in. Everything's so much quicker, right? And everything is about time and time management and how can we squeeze more out of our time and, you know, Ultimately, how can we get more for less money as well? Yeah, yeah. To the to the point now where you know people are taking professional images with iPhones and you know, professional video with iPhone to some extent as well, right? Some of the yeah. stuff, that, some of the stuff we've released has been recorded on iPhone, and some of it's been on digital SLR. Yeah. Like, how is that impacting what you're doing? Is that is that causing a problem in your industry? Um, is that fire alarm? You were going to get that. I think we're all right. I think someone's... Uh... We'll set the alarm off. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep that in. <laughs> yeah, keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> so, yeah, getting back to uh, <laughs> the TikTokers the... of the world that are now recording videos and making millions. I mean, is that impacting what creators like you do? Um, Not really. I think what it's done, it's put more emphasis on what we do. Mm. as uh you know filmmakers because people have seen the power of it you know people have been you know over lockdown i think there's a guy on tiktok called the pool guy he's okay. called the pool guy so obviously the biggest thing biggest selling thing over lockdown was hot tubs people just went mad for buying hot tubs and he was going out doing tiktoks of him cleaning up and repairing people's hot tubs and he got that big on TikTok. He now goes out and cleans people's swimming pools. He's just a Marcus Rashford swimming pool. He's cleaned it all out. And he's, you know, his business has grown from TikTok. But I think what it has done, as much as we're in a world where people can go out and shoot the stuff themselves and things, it's never going to be the same as what it would be if, if you got it done professionally and how it's edited and stuff. So, but what is really great is people have realized actually we do need this. We do need this online interaction through video, through social media. Um, so it's been good for us because it's just put more eyes on us because the people have said, actually, yeah, I've seen this guy doing, doing this video and I really liked it. And I've had an idea for my business to do something similar. Can you make it happen? Mm. You go in and you make it happen. So and technology, great. We use phones, you know. We if we're at an event and we, you know, the camera's not to hand, we'll use a phone and we'll edit it in the same way as we do a a digital image, you know. Um, you use the tools at your disposal, right? And yeah. They, no, yeah. No matter what tools you've got, you've got to use what you've got. So yeah. what's what's been sort of the best um, project that you've ever worked on, or or maybe the project that you've been the most proud of? I know you've done a lot of great stuff. Oh God. That's a good one. 
I do always, I like doing the football kit launches um, because we've done a few of them, a few with Luton, Rotherham, Derby County. So you're working alongside Umbro and Puma. So you're working alongside some big brands. But what I love about them is that we're the first to see it. So a football kit, if you're in, if you're in the football world, you know, it's one of them hidden, you know, releases that everyone looks forward to. Oh, what's, what's the new kit going to look like? Uh, and it's always great shooting them because you're the first one to see it and you're, and you're the one to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. And then when you see the images plastered everywhere on billboards, social media, magazines, that's always a really cool job to do. Um, and then obviously cars, you know, anything. We've done a few bits recently for a new brand called Naturally Aspirated. So they're a new automotive fashion brand. Um, recently, we we just got a big derelict unit in the middle of Belper and took about 12 supercars there, shooting um, the cars, the, the new T-shirts, and it's just cool stuff to shoot. It's cool stuff to be around. I put a video on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you've seen it, of me shooting that that set. And it, I watched that back thinking, God, I do that as a job. What, <laughs> what, what a joke. You know, and it's thing you think... Obviously, every day isn't like that. It's yeah. you know that's that's you know one in two you know one in two weeks you'll do something like that, you know. But yeah, I'd probably say them two jobs are the the cool ones to work on. Definitely. Do we need do we need to talk about Derby County and where that's going at the moment? Oh God, yeah. It, I I I feel I feel really sorry for him at the minute. Actually, I think I mean Derby County are one of our clients. You know, um, and They've got such great staff there that have been there for years and years and years, and they live and breathe Derby County. And it's not, you know, nothing, you know, Mel hasn't done anything to to create what's happening there at the minute. They've just gone through, obviously, a bad time in terms of football because what happens on the pitch dictates to how well that club does as a business, and they haven't done very well. Mm. Um, They've spent a lot of money and, obviously, all eyes on are on them at the minute in terms of the accountancy thing with the stadium and we don't know do we we're in we just don't know what what's going on and i think if i take myself out of out of the situation as as a a contractor for them let's say for example and put myself in in the eyes of a fan because i'm a fan as well i do support the club i just think they need as fans they need some clarity you know Someone they need to be bought out. They need to be bought out quickly. Mm-hmm. They need new owners straight away. That's the first thing. And then they need to get this situation sorted off. Do are they staying in the championship? Are they going down? Have they got a point source? There's just so much unknown around the club at the minute, and people have lost faith. I think. I think they've lost a bit of love for it because they haven't been able to be there and support as well. So, I really hope they get back back on track. I just think. You know, if it was me as an as a CEO of that club, you know, I think the problem is at the minute Stephen Pearson isn't coming out say and saying anything. He's just doing the odd press release. If it was me as CEO of Derby County, I'd be at every fans forum going. I'd be creating fans forums and say, look, what do you guys want? What do you think we should do? Because at the end of the day, it's their club. Without the fans, a football club is nothing. So I'd love to be in his shoes at the minute. I would I would I would switch it right on its head and just involve the fans. Say, look, you know, it, it's not just our problem as management here. We're all in this together. What should we do? What do you suggest? So I think they need to start interacting with the fans a bit more um, and show some clarity, I think, is what needs to happen. And, and I think that's just business 101, right? Especially, you know, managing people. You know, you've got staff there. You don't, you don't hide away. You don't lock yourself away and just make an appearance once a month. No. You know, you've got to communicate with them on a daily basis. And it's the same with your customers. It's the same with your suppliers. You know, you've got to be out there. Otherwise, it does create a lot of uncertainty. Uh, yeah, you've got to be, you have to be one of the staff, you know. It's the same with us. We won't, we won't give our staff anything that we don't want to do ourselves. You know, we were all in it together. When we do an event, we did an event yesterday, you know, just me and Kristen did it yesterday, but we will muck in together. You know, I'm one of the, I'm still on the cameras. That's what I love doing. I don't like actually like running the business. That's the boring bit. That's the bit I don't, I don't like doing, you know, like days like today where I have to do admin this morning and quoting and stuff. 
I have to do it because that's part of part of it. I want to, but I want to be out there on the cameras. You know, this afternoon I'm shooting cars, so I'll be doing something I love this afternoon. So it's it's um, you always got to be in it with them. I think you know um, we're we're big on going out as a as a group of people. You know, as a, as a business, so we'll go out on a Friday night. We'll, we don't do it all the time, but we'll you know every other month go out for a meal, go out for a few drinks. We've taken them to festivals. Um, we've done wacky Christmas parties. You know, we're we're part of the we're part of the team. We're not just the owners. We, you know, we we get we get stuck in with them. You know, and that's I think that's the difference sometimes between some business owners will lock themselves up in the ivory tower and just send emails out all day. And I, I'd I'd never be one of them guys. I I, I have to be in the mix of what's going on and, and the staff, I think appreciate that as well. So well, what, I hope they do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> they do. What's the, what's the goal for the company then with Avit Media? I mean, is it to get a little bit bigger? Is it, you know, are you changing direction? What's the overall goal of where you want to take the business? Cause I would assume at some point you're probably gonna have to step away from the camera and run it as a business. Yeah. It's a, that's a great question. I think we are at them crossroads at the minute. It is growing, and we have grown over the last few years. We are we're definitely Derby's go-to now. When everyone mentions photography and film, we've created such a big brand that people do know who we are now, what we do. Um, I would probably like to expand it more. We do a lot of across the country. We do a lot in London. I think it's you'll probably think the same, Sean. It's finding staff and managing staff is hard. That's the hardest bit. And keeping hold of staff is hard. So I think when I first started the business, I was, you know, mine and Ash's plans were to have a team of 10, 20 people, be this big media company doing this, that, the other, where that can happen. It it can happen tomorrow if we wanted it to, because the work's there, the workflow, Mm -hmm. the workflow's there. Um, The inquiry levels are there. But if I was to go down that road, I would probably want someone else managing it. So, you know, our plan would be to either stick at the size we are at the minute and just still run it how we're running it, with me and Ash running it mainly, with a you know team of six, seven people. Or we grow it to a point where someone, you know, buys it and we just run the business for them. You know, that they, you know, they, they, they're the ones to inject the cash to make it bigger. Um, and we just kind of run it and advise on running it and step away from the cameras a bit. So it's, we're at the crossroads, really. It's the crossroads, you know, we don't know. We, we At the minute, we're just, um, we're busy fools, really, <laughs> at the minute. I, I think um, most people are. Most people yeah. are. When, when you're a small business, you know, and you've been trading a, a shortish amount of time, I think you do tend to stay in that stage for quite some time how do you divvy up between you and ash because i know it's you two that started the company ultimately right yeah yeah how do you divvy up who does what is there a is there an md is there a you know um not really i mean i suppose ash is more of the filmmaker and editor so that's what he's always done so he'll look after the 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 main of the video projects i love i look after anything photography wise um I suppose in terms of individuals, I'm probably more the one that would lead us into certain, you know, if we was looking at expanding or being brought out or whatever we do, it's probably me that that directs that and looks after that. Um, so we've all got our jobs, you know, we're all, you know, Jenny, you know, who, who's my other half, you know, she, Jenny owns 10% of the business and and rightly she should she should probably own more to be fair so Jenny holds the purse strings you know we I don't even know how much is in the business bank account I don't want to know it's just not, it just doesn't it not it doesn't interest me well I know roughly what's in there but I think I don't need to get caught up in that as long as we're making money and we're all healthy and we're all enjoying it. You know, Jenny, she's very, if, I think if me and Ash was looking after what we were spending, we'd have no money. <laughs> You'd have the latest kit every week. You'd yeah, have all, exactly. the, all the cameras and computers you could possibly want. 
yeah, we'd be rolling around in brand new Range Rovers, brand new kit, spending it. And I think that's why we we we're very we're a very um, attractive business, really, because we we you know we we we've got cash in the bank. There's no debts. Uh, we own all our, all our assets, and that's down to Jenny. You know, if we hadn't had, if we hadn't got someone like Jenny running that, saying, "Look, lads, you can't spend that this month. You know, you can't go out and buy that because you need to get that." And she's very, she's probably overly cautious. But I would sooner have someone like that in the business, where you have your months like April and May last year, where there's no money coming in, but you know you've got a good cushion there to keep going. You know, if we'd have not had that, could quite easily fold. So. I think going back to it, we've all got a strengths. Ash, as you probably see on social media, is is the crazy creative, and that's the way he is. But he's fantastic on set. You know, you'll, he'll go and film something and get the absolute best out of people. I'm probably more of the I suppose level-headed, but I am also a creative. Where and Jenny, on the on the other hand, you know, looks after everything financially to make sure you know we can run well as a business. So it works really well. Works really well. I know that you mentioned some of your previous bosses like Chris, um, you know, but has there been anyone else realistically that you've looked up to as you've sort of grown in business, I suppose, as a maybe not an official mentor, but someone you've looked up and gone, you know, they've done really well or you've aspired to it all? Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the after sales managers I worked for at Toyota, Andy Page, he was just such a people's person. So we they went from having a workshop being ran by a guy whose name I won't mention was running it with an iron fist, just bollocking people left, right, and centre. To someone coming in saying, "Look, lads, we need to get these cars out this evening. I'm prepared to stay around for a couple of hours. We can put a couple of beers in, get some pizzas, and let's get it done." You know, so I learned a lot a lot off him on how to people manage. You have to be one of the staff. Going back to that, so I learned a lot a lot of him with that. Um, Mike Ebbett, who was our old MD at the Derby Conference Centre, he was a pr- proper, genuine gentleman, you know, but real old school, you know, he was from the military. And, mm. But he taught me how to network. He says, your job, Mark, is to just go out and meet people. I was like, when I first started, I was like, what? Just he said, go to events. I want you to learn how to golf, which I still can't. I want you to network. I want you to meet people. I went to put this place on the map and that's what I did. And that's that he taught me a lot. Um, so, we, and Chris, yeah, I always remember Chris, Chris Astle is such a great guy. He, he, he said to me when I left, I handed my notice in and he said, he says, I always knew you wouldn't last long here. He says, cause you don't like being told what to do. He says, you just need to go and go and work for yourself, go and figure it out. And that's what I did. Um, I did do that. I, you know, and, and when I see it now, we've done jobs for Chris and, he always he always uh, says that back. He's like, you know, I told you. I said I told you you could work for yourself because that's you. You know, you don't like being in the nine to five, being stuck at a desk. You know, you, you need to be not have the reins on you. So yeah, I've worked for a good few people, some fantastic people over the years, um, and you know, it's it you gain them experiences, don't you, from them people, um, and they've taught me a lot, taught me a hell of a lot. So are you successful now? Is that, yeah. is that where we're at? Yeah, I'd say we are. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always got my goals. You know, last year I hit one of them goals. I'm, well, I can always say this, I'm not materialistic, but I suppose I am. Because I think you have to be a bit materialistic to go and get them goals, I think. You know, for me, it was to buy a new house, you know, um, for 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 me and the family, you know, to go and get a dream home. We, so we, the house we're in now, two years ago, we walked around the estate. I walked the dogs. We only lived down the road. So we walked the dog around here. And I said to Jenny, I said, we're going to buy on these houses, like the big ones on the, on the top end, you know, on the, these new housing estates, you've got your big yeah. houses at the top end. So we're going to buy one of them. She's like, no, no, we can't. We you know we can't. Very cautious, Jenny, you know, you know, but I made her believe it. And I believed it myself. So we set that as a goal. I says, no, we're going to do it. We we will buy one of them houses. I'm telling you now, we will buy one of them houses. And I just, I literally, that's all I had in my head for two years was to go and get this house. Not this necessarily this house, but it come, you know, it come up for sale. Mm. And we was in the position to buy it. So for me, that's like a big, big tick. Um, 
having the nice cars is nice. Um, for me, I think next, I'm not there yet. I think I want a bit more time to go away on holiday, to work on myself a bit, you know, still not there yet. We're very much um, still battling the day-to-day, you know, the stuff that comes along. Um, but I think everyone... I think everyone is successful in their own right. If they're, if they're happy doing what they do, I, I feel I'm successful because I'm doing a job I love, you know? So, uh, you know, I'm doing something that I enjoy. Um, could I do with probably changing it up a bit at the minute? Yes, probably could. I'm stuck in a bit of a, I suppose I'm stuck in a bit of a rut at the minute. I need to change. I need to go again, I think. I'm, I'm at that crossroads where I need to go again, I think, you know? Need to step it up again now. What's the next big leap then? Because you've you've kind of uh, that's, that's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that's what I need to set clear in my head. That's what I, that's where I need the time away from the business to mm. work on that. Because at the minute we're always in it, and you're on the merry-go-round, aren't you? So famous work on the business, not in the business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I need to get that clear in my head. Um, I'm around nice cars day in, day out. And I think, yeah, I'd love this. I'd love that. So it's probably cars for me. <laughs> That's probably the um, next thing. Money, no issue. What car are you buying? Um, I've always said I'd like a Range Rover. But then if I rock up to a meeting in a Range Rover, I think that client's going to think I'm charging too much. So I probably won't buy one. I'd love one, but I probably won't buy one. So just something practical, I think. My accountant keeps telling me to buy an electric car or a pickup truck. So... Probably yeah. a pickup truck. I know it sounds a bit strange, but you know, modified pickup trucks, like a Ranger or something, because we can film out the back of them, you see. Mm-hmm. So it's got its practical uses, and it doesn't look too flash. And if there's, <laughs> if there's a tax deduction to be made, all the better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, one of the things that I found really interesting and, and was a lot of fun over lockdown um, was uh, you got one of the kids on the DJ sets. Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, is that, is that uh, something that you were into when you were younger? or It's a big... Um, she's had so much um, attention on that and she's not been doing too much of it lately. But well, when we was when April was shut down and we wasn't doing anything, I'd, I'd, it was just as we was moving house, actually, and we were all kind of bored. The, the TVs were down. Everything was packed, ready to go. It, we might have not moved. It was only because we knew Ben at Hannels and we worked with Smith Partnership, the move happened. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. So them guys made it shift on. So we were stuffing boxes everywhere. And I just ordered some DJ decks off online. I thought, I used to do it as a kid at my bedroom. Well, as a kid, as a teenager, and used to mix dance tracks. Always been into my house music and stuff. So um, I knew the basics. So I taught Olivia, and she just picked it up like that. It was, like, scary how she picked it up. And she just took it and ran with it and does it all manually now. And then... Um, she's had Sam Devine um, contact her wanting to do some stuff with her who's you know massive in the house music game you know X Radio 1 DJ she's had a couple of videos on TikTok go viral she's she's DJ, DJed at Bustler twice now in Derby and it's it's one of them I said to her I said you know at school they tell you you're going to go and get a job and you know and obviously you've got to do well at school you know she's going to be going to secondary school in, in a few weeks time I said, obviously, you've got to learn your maths, learn your English, learn the basics you need for life. But I said, you do know you can do this as a job. She says, what, DJ? And I said, yeah, you can, you, can, you can do very well. You can make a lot of money doing this as a job. You could do it all the way around the world. Me and your mum can come and help you. We'll carry your bags in Ibiza. I said, you can do this as a job. And, and she's now started to believe that. So I'm installing in her as a 10-year-old. You don't have to go out and work in a shop when you leave school or you don't have to go to university or college you can go out there with that skill set that you've got as a female dj and there's not many of them out there and go and play to a crowd and earn a lot of money doing it and i think she only realized it. we did a little gig at the red line in, in hollington little uh, village pub I, I grew up in hollington and uh, she did two out a two-hour set and then dan who owns the pub gave her 80 quid cash wow after the event and she liked she was like dad it's 80 quid it's 80 pounds i can you know i can get with this i can get this with it i can get that with it i said livy that's nothing i said you, you could get paid thousands for doing that in ibiza so, so it, it made a 10 year old realize that 
you know, you can do, you can also do something you love and earn money at it. And uh, yeah, so she's, she's got an interview lined up with Radio Derby. Um, she's got a few more gigs in the bag that haven't been announced yet. Sam Devine has showed a lot of interest in her as a young upcoming DJ. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wacky one, but um, she loves it. Yeah, she loves it. Because that's the fun thing, right? I mean, I've got my son who's four now. Yeah. And he he knows and understands and watches me come into this office or he watches me on phone calls. And, you know, um, when I ask him uh, what I do or, or during the lockdown, I said, you know, what is it that daddy does? He goes, deals. Deal. He <laughs> He's a deal maker. And, <laughs> you know, you've got that with your lemons where, where they can see that you don't report in and clock in nine to five for the man, as it were, you know, your, yeah. your, your own destiny. And for her to understand that at 10 years old, that she could go out and do her own thing, be it yeah. DJing or whatever. I mean, that's an immense lesson to learn. Um, yeah. I think she, it's given them the realisation, though, I think, if you can show them that that can happen. And she's obviously experienced it by receiving that cash in hand and seeing, obviously, she's, you know, she's 10, she's all over TikTok, as the, the kids all are, you know. She's seen one of her videos have, you know, 130,000 views, one of them had a quarter of a million views. And like, you know, there's a quarter of a million people out there, Olivia, that have seen that video. And I think it makes them realize, like, oh my, you know, wow. I think you just have to tell your kids, you know, if you enjoy doing that, if you if you want to be a footballer, be a footballer. Um, you know, just you've just got to put the hours in. I think she's she does struggle with um her attention span sometimes, you know. I'll say, look, we've got this set lined up, come on, let's let's do half an hour before we go and getting her into a bit of a routine that's kids you know she's 10 so we're all living in a world where attention is finite now you know yeah. we're used to scrolling on the tiktoks and the instagram so our attention is like a second yeah exactly so is that what you would have told your younger self go and go yeah. and do something you love yeah definitely yeah i think because obviously my dad has always worked in a in a business and and you know so you're automatically installed from school that you go out and get a job, which is what I did. Mm. Um, so I think in schools, if the, instead of doing, is it economics? I don't know what they do in schools anymore. They should teach the kids how to, how a business works. Um, how do you start a business? What do you need to start a business? Um, you don't act, you don't have to go out and get, and get a job. You can do the job yourself and earn more money out doing that. They should teach the fundamentals of entrepreneurship. Yeah, definitely. At least the fundamentals. I mean, it's taught a lot in the US, but yeah. obviously the US is much more, you know, you fail, you try again, you fail, you try again. As as Brits, we are much more reserved and cautious by, by our very nature. Yeah. Um, you know, I did a talk at a school a couple of years ago, um, and it was a talk on entrepreneurship. And when it came to the Q&A at the end, you know, one of the first questions, in fact, it might have been the first question, was uh, this young lad put his hand up and said, sir, what car do you drive? <laughs> and, and, and I jingled one of the keys I had at the time and, and got him to point out what it was. And then the next question from the same kid was, how much money do you have in your bank? Yeah. Because those, the, the car and the money are the two things that incentivize young lads typically, yeah, you know, yeah. heavily. And it's it's then a question of well, can you if that's what if that's what motivates you? Can you get that by having a nine to five, or do you have to maybe go out and be a little bit more adventurous and do the thing you love? Yeah. And also, controversially, going out and doing the thing you love might not make as much money as a nine to five. And yeah. you've got to then be happy with: do I want to make a lot of money, or just do I want to be happy? And yeah, they, don't, yeah. they don't always go hand in hand. No, they don't. No, you're right. You're dead right. I think um, you know we could definitely make more money if we wanted to, but I know I'd be, I'd be working myself absolutely, you know, ragged. So, and I've got, I'm in a situation where we've got a team and I've also got a young family and I don't want to be that dad where I'm not seen. So, you know, I want, I want you know, every now and then to take the boy swimming or I'll take Olivia roller skating or we'll go on a bike ride. So I think once some years have passed a bit, 
I can then maybe step it up that gear. I don't know. It's one of them you've got to, but then at the same time, I want to provide them with a future that is mega. You know, they they don't have, they don't have any worries. So, but I, I feel I feel like you're probably the same, Sean. As a dad, you've been put on this world to provide them with the best future that you can. Um, that's certainly my ethos. You know, I'd do anything to make Jenny and the kids happy and secure. You know, you go out for a meal and you don't look at how much things are on the menu. You look at what you want to eat on the menu. You know, that's what we would like to get at. And, and it's and I'm not materialistic and a lot of people will probably listen to this thinking, you know, you just bothered about, I suppose, the nice things in life. But come on, aren't we all, you know? You know, I remember there was a podcast once with Robbie Savage and some guy went mad at him on TalkSport because he got photographed walking out of um, JD Sports with 12 boxes of trainers. And uh, he said, oh, you know, you're flaunting the fact you're earning all this money. Well, he said, well, if you was earning 25 grand a week, would you be married? And he says, no, well then. So it's, you know, it, it's, these things do drive you, don't they? They're not the be all end all, but these things do drive you to want more. I think that's the trouble sometimes. The more you get, the more you want. So you have to be, it has to be a line. And it's, it's been almost taboo to talk about money and, yeah. to be, and to admit that you're motivated by money. And I think in most instances, at some deep level, everyone is motivated financially. Yeah. And whether it's to buy a nice car or 12 pairs of trainers, mm-hmm. or whether it's just to put food on the table, you're motivated financially. Yeah. Um, one person who is going to be motivated financially soon enough um, is going to be Mr. Matt Hancock. He's yeah. going to have to uh, figure something out. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> it, it's a tough one, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, we're in the middle of this global panel coming to the end, hopefully, of a global pandemic. And is it right? Is it wrong? And ultimately, is it anything to do with us? And at the same time, if the guy has been, depending on who you listen to, instrumental in moving us forward in this situation, yeah. you know, what do you do? Thoughts? God, I'll be honest with you. I've never really liked him. Only because I just think, I think you need someone with a bit more about them in that job. I've always called I've always called him a little weasel. I think, I think he's quite feeble. I don't know. I just and yes, I, I agree. They they've all done a tremendous job. You know, like we are the fastest, probably the fastest country with vaccine rollouts. I believe so. We're world leading. People want the stuff we've got that we've produced here. So you can't take that off him. He's done that. He's a human being, isn't he? At the end of the day, um, same as Boris. You know. He stutters his words and he's not the most, he's the most funny looking thing to look at. And he's, his character's so different. But God, would any of us like to have done his job in the past 18 months? You know, that's got to be one of the toughest jobs anyone has ever had to do in in, um, in that seat. And I remember when he was locking us down, so I, oh, I hated him, absolutely hated him. I hated all of them. I think we all did, didn't we? You know. And- and to, to tie it back to the previous comment as well, you know, he is, in my opinion, grossly underpaid for the job that he's just had to do over the last 18 months. Yeah, big time. It's not a fantastically paid job in reality compared to CEOs of companies and so on and so forth. But to tackle what we've had to go through and to be the brunt of everyone, like you say, hating the guy. Yeah. He'll get, I think, to be honest with you, though, when you're on that platform that he's had for the last 18 months, he's made it now. He's made it. He can hang his boots up after the end of all this and say, look, I've taken you all through it. We're, we're through it now. I'm done. And he'll make a fortune in, you know, he's, he's, he's like Donald Trump. You know, he obviously, he's, he's, he was a crazy leader, but known throughout the world. So he's just going to, he'll just ride off the back of all sorts now, won't he? In terms look, of, at, look at Tony Blair. Tony Blair made yeah. millions yeah. just speaking and consulting. Exactly. Um, but yeah, look, Matt Hancock, like any other human being, somewhere along the line, he's, he's made a yeah. up. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It, it, it's public and it's very yeah. public. Um, but you, you've never made any ups, right? Well, we've all made ups, haven't we? <laughs> I think we, you, you have to make the mistakes, don't you? you know um to learn i think his it, his unfortunately is obviously on a world stage so it's for everyone to see 
Um, you know, we've all we've all made mistakes. You know, we've all kind of said and done things we've regretted in life. But you have to, you have to make them mistakes to progress and to never do them again in business. Mm. Certainly, you know, you you will hire certain people because you think they're going to do a great job, but they're not the right personality fit for the business. And we've all been we've all done that. But yeah, it's it's a case of you've got to learn by it. You know, don't do it again. You, you don't get don't get burnt twice. But yeah, it's, it makes you a stronger person, doesn't it? It makes you a more rounded individual. As long as you come out the other side and you've, like you say, you've learned from that lesson, yeah. you don't need it again. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, the, that's the big thing. Yeah, so I, I was talking to someone recently who um, is in the IT space, in the, in the repair and maintenance space, and they were telling me about um, they were called out to do a repair at a motel once. And mm-hmm. it was in a motel room. They went into said room. There was uh, some computer equipment there that needed fixing. And as they walked in, there was the bed in the corner, mm-hmm. sheets all over the place, sheets on the floor, sheets on the bed. And then there was a camera on a tripod in the corner of the motel room. Oh. And the computer was full of porn. And it was oh. a CD motel room that was being used to film adult films. Jesus. Any strange experiences like that when you're uh, no, a videographer? No, we haven't, to be fair. No, we don't. We've not even had any strange inquiries like that. I just don't. No, we haven't. No, not nothing. Nothing that comes to mind. You always get obviously um, banter with stuff. If you, you're carrying a long lens, and you might get. We've done events where you know people will say, "Oh, you know, oh, that's a big one." You'll get that one quite a lot when you're carrying a long lens, or you know, kind of um, innuendos. <laughs> but I think that's when you see a lot. Actually, I suppose in our game, when you're at events and and the alcohol's flowing and you're behind the camera completely sober you watch a lot of stuff unfold at those events especially weddings and stuff seen loads of stuff happen happen at weddings fallouts and all sorts so um you do come across a lot at at events that's quite an interesting one to be behind the um be behind the lens lens of um you know staff parties and stuff get to see you get to see stuff that you you probably shouldn't see Uh, (laughs) but yeah that's probably the only Awkward stuff we have to deal with in the, in our game, really. Any ambition to do some sort of feature length um, film, movie, documentary, that sort of thing, or are you sticking to just client project for now? Yeah, we probably want to. We probably want to do something in the future. Um, probably something Derby based. That's about the city, maybe. Um, we've recently just done a documentary for Eastman's Railway on on the HSE tra- HST uh, trains retiring. So that was quite a cool project. Ash loved that because he loves trains. So he worked on that. He absolutely loved that project. Documentaries are really good to, to do. It's just a lot of time in, in um, putting them things together because you have to go out and film everything. So there's no plans. Um, probably like to, you know, obviously we've got the Avid Automotive YouTube channel, which we started during lockdown. We've had to put that on the back burner a bit now because... You know, we've got um, staff leaving and work is picking up and that isn't earning us any money. So we might take that further and have some kind of series with, with the car stuff. But it's probably probably everything planned in the future at the minute is, is, is down that road, automotive road, I think. And then you're getting involved in some of the drone stuff as well, I understand. Yeah, so, you know, we're fully license for that drones a big part of what we do now makes our life easier sometimes a bit of a pain because you can't fly them in the rain still you shouldn't fly them in the rain um so you know you'll have a lot of days sometimes in the winter where you have to cancel shoots or reschedule but um yeah it's they're they're a big part of a, of a film now you know we use a drone for opening sequences of buildings vehicles even inside buildings now you know they've all got that they're that good and stable now you can fly them throughout buildings and offices and the footage looks fantastic it's definitely a game changer for us yeah we'll get you to come down here and do some drone stuff because uh you know where our building is now you know we expanded into a big area and it's uh, on a large large patch of land so yeah great video definitely yeah yeah with the countryside behind it look look fantastic definitely it's beautiful out there you know oh wow yeah Whereabouts is that, Sean? Uh, Hilton. Oh, Hilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Badger Farm, if you know yeah. that. Hilton. Yeah, I can know whereabouts that is, yeah. 
So we used to be in the city centre of Derby and then when the when the pandemic sort of started and we had people that didn't want to commute into Derby, didn't want to take the bus, didn't want to walk around the city. Yeah. Um, you know, we said, all right, well, look, you know, we were looking at moving. So we've moved here. It's plenty of room, plenty of space. You know, you're not walking past 10,000 people on the, the high street. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a much safer environment. Definitely. That looks fantastic there. Really nice. Good, good place to go out and walk on a lunchtime as well, get some fresh air. Well, that's it. I mentioned part of our well-being that we've been doing. One of the uh, one of the um, activities the other day was to go and walk a couple of laps around the, the property here. You know, you go get two, three thousand steps in easily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get get the get the country air whilst you're there. That's it. So we'll have you pop down at some point to do something. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to that. It, for those who don't know who we are, um, we're Avid Media. We're a video photography. Um, company based in Derby, but work all over the all over the country, um, specialising in short films and and high end um, production photography. We're, we're just a, a a bunch of um, good personalities. That's our ethos. You know, our hashtag is Let's Have It, and that's our hashtag. That's what we live and breathe by. Thanks very much, Mark. Good to catch up, and hope to see you soon. No worries, mate. No, nice to see you. We'll have to catch up properly um, properly soon. Anyway. All right. Cheers, mate. Have a good day. Yeah.